Welcome to the No Rain, No Rainbows podcast. This is a show about pushing through obstacles and hard times in order to live a happy and fulfilled life. I'm your host, Ted Fayton, and it's a pleasure to have you joining us. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Let's grow. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the No Rain, No Rainbows podcast. Glad to have you. My man, Ryan Mosley. Monster Mosley in the building. How yes, you doing? Sir. I'm doing pretty good, man. How are you? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for coming out. <laughs> hey, this is crazy. It's so fun. Yeah. This is already, I'm already having fun. Yeah, we're going to have a good time today. And um, for the listeners who haven't been introduced to you yet, who haven't met you yet, why not introduce yourself? My name is Ryan Mosley. I am a uh, 24- Five? Yeah, 25. I'm about to turn 26. Wow. In what, next week, December 3rd. Uh, 26 years old, out of Atlanta, Georgia. Just moved here six months ago. Yeah. To Greenville six months ago. Um, and I own a store right downtown, Varsity Goods Greenville. Yeah, man. Well, happy birthday, because by the time this episode comes out, it might be it coming might out be. on your birthday. Probably, yeah. Yeah, it just might be. So happy birthday to you. Thank this you. podcast is your gift. Thanks Thank for being you. here. For sure. Um, we're going to jump right into it. You mentioned, I said, wow, when you said 24 years old, because to be honest, the air around you and the maturity you put off doesn't come across as uh, someone in their mid-20s. And to also already kind of be the owner of your own store you know, I'd say you're kind of in an elite bracket in your own age group. True. So um, I'm interested to unpack what that story is like. And starting with, you said you're from Atlanta. And where does your your interest in, I mean, for anyone that doesn't know, Varsity's Goods sells a lot of vintage, sneaker, street fashion type yeah. apparel. How did that all start? I've always been interested into like the fashion world. Yeah. But I never was into it because I was I played sports in high school or high school in college. So I was a, I wrestled at Gardner Webb University. I saw that. So I was never really into I could never really get into it because I was always in sweats or mm-hmm. I was always into shoes though. But I was always into sweats and I could never really get into like buying the stuff that I wanted. Yeah. I would just only be into like just the shoes. So now the now how the streetwear and stuff came about just my interest after I got done wrestling is like, all right, I want to buy more stuff. Yeah. So I just started buying. Honestly, I just started, I got into everything by just buying stuff and just out of curiosity of if I would really be interested in it. Yeah. Um, well, and that's really how I got into it. I'm kind of interested too, because what's that, what does that journey look like? Because there's a lot of times, for example, there's a t-shirt that I kind of kick myself in the butt for never buying. It's a Dragon Ball t-shirt. It's got little baby Goku, Master Roshi's got some shades on it, and Goku's halfway up a tree grabbing a coconut. And I was like, oh, I wanted that shirt. And see, that's funny as you say that. So I actually just traded away two of my Dragon Ball Z pieces from 1998. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's like a big, there's a big, there's a big group of people that are into the anime. Yeah. And now they're getting into collecting like the vintage anime, Dragon Ball Z, all types of Pokemon, all that type of stuff. Yeah. So that's, uh, it's funny that you said the Dragon Ball Z thing. Where do you think, because I feel like there was a resurgence of that. And I'd love to bring our, my executive producer, Andre, in this on this, because I feel like there's been a huge like resurgence of the anime culture, uh, geek culture. It has been. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Y'all got to realize too, though, that like the people that that affected most are starting to get some money. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They're starting to get a little bit of extra money that they can spend. You feel me? So, I mean, I take myself, like, 
like all literally all three of us like we grew up in you know what i'm saying the tom and jerry dragon ball z age like 90s yeah. cartoon like disney plus is booming it's, right now oh my strictly god on millennials. it's crazy yeah you know what i'm saying so we're starting to get some money so i think that i mean i literally have my friend while you were saying that my friend ej he's um he actually posted like two or three like dragon ball z jackets for sale oh mm-hmm. man and he was actually lowballing like pretty low and i was like wow that's that's crazy that he's he wants that <laughs> that much for those but yeah it's crazy to see that that like we're starting to get some money and the buying power that we always heard of is starting mm-hmm. to come true. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah, so. yeah. I I mean, it's that so we actually so South Carolina Comic Con is coming up. Yeah. And one of our customers brought it to our attention that it may be in our best interest to maybe vendor at the Comic Con because he comes in, he buys a bunch of Ghostbusters mm-hmm. stuff. Well, not a bunch. Whenever we get a vintage Ghostbusters piece in it, he buys it. Yeah. So he was saying that because we have a bunch of cartoon, Looney Tune, dra- like Dragon Ball Z, mm-hmm. all types of that kind of stuff, too. And he was like, hey, you guys may be interested in like setting up a booth. And I was like, you know, you're probably right. Yeah. You know, that's like the first time because I really don't like vending at places because it like stretches me out as a business owner yeah and i'm like whenever we're working i work for our five or six days a week and then the, that one day or a few hours that i'm not doing anything i don't like doing anything yeah so about the vending i was like you know that might be actually pretty fun because i can be immersed in that culture and just learn more about the anime side and more about the cartoons and everything that people are actually interested in and who will actually spend 20 or 30 dollars on a piece that's 20 years old yeah so I'm interested in vending down there. Yeah. And I'm actually going to go talk to, I think he owns a comic book store, the guy that manages it. So I'm actually mm-hmm. going to go talk to him about that because I think that's something I would be interested in. Yeah. Because that's your clientele, right? These are the it people who- It could be, you yeah. know, because I'm right now I'm catering to a lot of just like fashionista people, mm-hmm. um, you know, urban people. So I'm not really thinking about the people that are into- yeah that anime cartoon stuff and they might be because we have a lot of it yeah so that might be just a, a market that we haven't tapped into yet letting them know that hey you offer this as well and and to to even be fair to some of the clientele that you already have yeah. they probably have interest into that also yeah talk a little bit about i want to talk about the shoe game man all right let's get into it i want to talk about the shoe <laughs> game um i want to start building a shoe collection what do i start with Let's see. I think basic Jordans is the first step you should take, even though that's a it's a pretty good um, investment first, mm-hmm. because most Jordans range from like I think they're starting at like one seventy now. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I already know the pre- like it's a lot of pressure when it comes to like buying your first pair of Jordans. Some dude actually just came in and bought his dad a pair of Yeezys, and he spent like two hundred sixty dollars. Wow. And it was his first pair because it's just honestly a different experience from when you're paying that much money for a pair of sneakers. Because mm-hmm. even though sneakers are really big, it's also very small. It's yeah. a very niche thing to buy, you know, pay for pay that much for sneakers. I was going to ask you because I'm sure there's a lot of listeners out here who fashion, street fashion, urban fashion might not be their thing. They can't fathom spending more than 50 bucks on a pair of sneakers. Exactly. How do you justify that? How do you explain that to it's, those who might not be the clientele. Okay. So whenever we have customers come in and, and they ask us like, why is this worth this much? My biggest, my 
our biggest response is, hey, you can't get this shoe anywhere else other than online markets where you can pretty much buy anything mm-hmm. um, to have a physical store to just come in and actually look at the product in hand and buy it for a comparable price to what you would pay on the internet is kind of like our leverage point. And also, uh, let me see, also people, I tell people to look at it as an investment. Yeah. So when it comes to wearing shoes or buying a pair of Jordans or buying a pair of Yeezys or this high dollar Nikes, it's an investment. So I have shoes that are five and $600 in my own collection. And I, I look at the money, I look at the value of, I still wear them. I still love them. I, I'm probably not going to get rid of them anytime soon just because I don't have that much into them. But I know the value of some of the shoes that I've have that I have, have went up, Yeah, you know, two and three times more than what I bought them for three years ago. Yeah. So the fact that I may have purchased a shoe for a hundred bucks and it may be worth 300 now, it's almost like stocks. Exactly. It's almost like stocks. Like, and it, it might be worth 300 now is like, that's my leverage point of understanding like why I'm into this yeah. and why I will purchase something that is maybe $200 <laughs> just because I know down the road it may be worth four. That's an interesting point you brought yeah. up about it being almost like stocks because the same people that would look at you sideways for spending $200 on a pair of sneakers mm-hmm. probably will buy themselves a brand new Honda Civic. True. And the value of that depreciates the moment they leave the lot where what you're buying for a lot smaller of a ticket item actually appreciates and doesn't just appreciate you're talking about when you say doubles in value or triples in value that's the kind of return you you don't get in the stock market exactly and the entry to it is a lot easier than stock market i know forbes came out with a article about sneaker reselling and the huge market is kind of it's not really tapped in it to these yeah. these there's no really big investors in it yeah so i think when the big investors come to the sneaker market it's going to be big. You it's going to be gonna really be, big. You think it's going to be good or bad though? It's going to be, huh? It could be bad because it could be like, <laughs> because it, the housing market is just like a very rough space for a lot of people as far as going somewhere and buying a house mm-hmm. that you, you know, that, that process is not the same as going to the store and buying a t-shirt. Yeah. It's two different process. So hopefully that it doesn't become, hopefully it doesn't become like that, complicated later on when some of these big investors get involved i think more so they're buying the shoes and maybe just not even selling them and just sitting on them and watching how the mm-hmm. stock moves the way the, the way the shoe game is also set up like you look at the big players like okay you got jordan you got nike mm-hmm. you got adidas you got these these big players puma you got and then you got some of the foreign stuff right mm-hmm. the way it's set up for like a big player to come in they would have to buy all of one brand exactly. essentially yeah um to increase that value exactly however the way it's the way it's set up it's not typically going to happen um so it's kind of in a in its shell it's created its own business structure mm-hmm. to to create i guess that 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 value like you know nipsey he he did the thousand albums but only yeah. did sold a hundred at each place exactly yeah. um but that would be a big a big corporate company coming to him and saying, "Hey, we just want to pay you this to, and we'll release everything." That's going against the whole reason he started to do it in the first place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that would kind of be like in my in my head going against the whole reason why people started to flip shoes in the first place. Exactly. Because you know the big stores were already buying everything. And yeah. They were like, "Hey, let me let me get that for a little cheaper." Yeah. And flip it. Yeah. So like we were already at that point where the big the big players 
were had control of it, so to say. The big yeah. investors had control of it, but it's gotten out of that that business structure, which I think is a good thing. My biggest thing is we look at some of these investors, like we look at some of the big sneaker investors, and it's honestly not a crazy amount of money. Mm-hmm. But to say if somebody like say if somebody like Coca-Cola wanted to come in and buy a billion dollars worth of sneakers, that would heavily impact the market of being able to buy that sneaker unless Coca-Cola created their own marketplace where you can go and buy that amount or buy whatever you want from their marketplace. But like, that's what I mean by the big investors. Mm -hmm. There's people that come in, there's, there's people that spend millions of dollars on sneakers every year and just flipping their money. Yeah. But when it comes to like somebody bringing in a billion dollar check about the bees, and yeah. they want to buy hundred thousand sneakers. Yeah. What about the future? Well, you, yeah, like have to buy the future of it almost. You, you know, know but exactly. it's about the future it, for releases, but. And some of these companies, like, you know, some of these companies have, you know, $10 million to blow. Yeah. yeah. If they want it, if they, because mm-hmm. they know the $10 million will come back. And it may come back, it may become back 20 mil, you know, so well, they can look at the investment side of it and manage that 10 mil just to test it. And then if they really want to get into it, like, all right, let's go in and drop a billion dollars on $300, I mean, 300,000 pairs of sneakers and let's set up our own marketplace. Yeah. And we're going to start charging people for to use the marketplace. So now they're making their mm-hmm. money off of selling their own product and mm-hmm. The marketplace. But here's my question I'd like to pose in terms of these sneakers. What makes the sneaker valuable? Mm-hmm. Because you've seen a lot of different releases, a lot of different mm-hmm. designs, different styles. And there are some sneakers that I've seen priced up to four or $500 that I didn't think they were that nice. Yeah. And they're priced at that probably because of the rarity, probably because of the specific edition, the designer exactly. or the design itself. Exactly. And so, and I, I mentioned that to clear it up because a company like Coca-Cola or if someone just is a VC, they have capital and they want to just get yeah. into the sneaker game. They yeah. can't just walk in and say, I want all these. Yeah. There has to be a strategy and they actually have to know what they're doing to exactly. navigate around the sneaker game. Yeah. So same, I mean, I mean, that's literally, that could cause a lot of problems if somebody were to do that. <laughs> but I don't know what that is. Nobody's ever gotten into that. I know some of these, I know Coca-Cola, they probably have a lot of side investments with other companies that we don't know about mm-hmm. because that makes them more money. Yeah. And I'm sure they would look at it as a like money play. And that's something that could happen. Yeah. And I don't know. It's kind of, it's kind of scary just to, if somebody comes in and does that, cause that'll really shake up the sneaker market. But to get into the value of the shoes, rarity is, is, is always the, the big thing. Uh, there's, you know, uh, this Christmas they're coming out with a Jordan. It's probably going to be like a million pairs, but it's the most iconic Jordan. Cause I don't know what you know. I don't know if you know the bread 11 Jordan war, <laughs> you know, the bread 11. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, the, the 11 silhouette is probably the most, it's probably one of the most iconic color, uh, silhouettes. I have a pair of Jordan ones on that. And that's always, that's a, probably one of our most popular shoes in our yeah. store. Um, but Jordan 11s, Anytime they come out with an 11, they pretty much sell out just because Jordan wore the shoe multiple times, multiple different years, and just it became a very popular shoe Yeah, just because it doesn't look like anything else, to be honest. It looks very unique and just the popularity of the shoe. And when the shoe releases, it sells out pretty much immediately. Mm-hmm. And now there's a secondary market, which Varsity Goods is the secondary market where you can come buy 
the shoe that you couldn't get online. Yeah. Finish line, they sold out. Everybody mm-hmm. sold out. I really, there's really no other place to get them from except mm-hmm. the secondary markets. Mm-hmm. That's where our shops are being born at. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I'd love to, oh man, perfect segue. Because right. how do you go from, you know, hey, I'm into sneakers, I'm into this urban fashion, I'm into vintage, which we want to touch on in a little bit. For but sure. how do you go from this being an interest to, you have a store. This is a livelihood. This is you move to a city and you start it from scratch and, and here you are, you know, paying your bills with it. Yeah. Just like every other business, you have to scale it. Yeah. And, you know, you can always make a little money. You can buy a shoe for a hundred, sell it for one fifty, make fifty bucks. So it's always the scale how big you can make it. So I actually I was in my closet to what was it? A year, about a year and a half ago, mm-hmm. just doing stuff only on eBay. I had my own personal like Instagram page mm-hmm. uh, and just pretty much just I think I was just touching on and see if it would really work if I wanted to go full time and scale what I had in my closet. But it did get hectic in my closet because when yeah. I really got into vintage, I had a lot of pieces and on our eBay, I probably had close to 1200 listings that wow. I was managing out of a closet because they were all tucked in bins and labeled and mm-hmm. trying to be neat with everything. It kind of got frustrating, which is why I opened the store. But mm-hmm. uh, that was like the biggest thing as far as the, um, as far as me getting into like selling. Yeah. And I was selling a lot on eBay um, just cause I knew people liked the stuff, you know, mm-hmm. especially like shoes or, clothes people were liking a lot of the stuff so i'm like let me i wonder if this will work in like greenville because greenville's they didn't have anything so yeah. i was like i don't know maybe that might be a reason greenville doesn't have anything because greenville's not a small city yeah and i was i was a little afraid but at the same time i said if push comes to shove if we don't get any walk-ins i'll go back to posting stuff online until we can build up to there let me ask you really quick because i mean i think in order to open a store, you had to have been getting some success on eBay, even oh, yeah. for just hearing you kind of map out your thought process, knowing that you had the online aspect yeah. as the backup. We know e-commerce has been coming up pretty significantly. Oh, yeah. What's the infrastructure look like when you, you mentioned the labels and how it got hectic? You're, you're, you're selling these items out of your closet, as you mentioned, and you're listing, you're managing 1200 listings on eBay. So there has to be some kind of, organization behind that to keep track of it all it was a lot because how do you know if you're losing money on an item i've i've dabbled in ebay shipping and ebay selling and like i've sold something i'm like i lost money after the ebay Mm -hmm. fees and paypal is going to take a percentage (laughs) so the one thing i wasn't really doing on ebay i didn't sell a lot of shoes on ebay Mm -hmm. just because of the percentage of it so I think eBay takes like 9%, which is honestly a lot when you sell a shoe because it's eBay fee and then there's a PayPal fee because they run through PayPal. Yeah. So there's like this, what is it, 14% that I'm like losing on every shoe. And I'm like, all right, I can't do this. So I just set up my own personal website, my own personal branding pretty much. And I would push a lot of shoes through there also with, you know, just my, my clothes too. So I had the clothes like cross-platform from my personal website and yeah. then- eBay. Is that where Varsity Goods was born? That's not where Varsity Goods were born. Well, the, the first experience the into first shopping experience, or yeah, selling. Selling, yeah. Yeah. That, that, yeah. It wasn't Varsity Goods, though. I think it was like it was like Monster Thrift. It was like okay. a it was like a playoff of my Monster Mosley. Yeah, it was like a playoff <laughs> of that. So I was just like, let me keep up with this little branding thing I have going on here and just mm-hmm. test it out. Honestly, 
the monster thrift thing, it was more like from the branding aspect of it, it was me learning how to actually brand. Yeah. I branded like it was monster thrift. I had monster souls. I was like the sneaker page. Yeah. So I'm like testing out like what works best as far as when it comes to Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, like posting content of that stuff every day, like what works best, how to yeah. brand. Will people buy something if I put monster souls across? What, Should I make stickers? You know, so I'm yeah. like trying to learn how to brand. Yeah. And that's where, like, when it comes to Instagram, that's kind of how I got into it on Instagram. It's just learning how to brand and let me make some stickers and like, <laughs> let's like, let's make it real urban and, yeah. you know, and see if people will get behind it, which they did. And it was yeah. pretty cool to see. What do you, some of, uh, I love because with no rain, no rainbows, right? We like to kind of focus on, on a little bit of the rain. You know, okay. what, what do those failures look like along the way? Because I'm sure you don't just open up, you get to go and you start branding and yeah. oh, hot dog, you know, there, yeah. there had to be some like, Oh, it was a lot of that. So, um, every item does not sell. You have 1,200 listings, but you have 1,200 listings for a reason because they don't sell. Like, you know, it's yeah. like they sell every period. They sell periodically, but it's like that's like a very long run game if the item doesn't sell. It might sell, but you go into turnover rates and you go into like the margins. You really don't make money even though you bought it for $2 and sold it for 15 yeah. but you had it for three months. So you really like. <laughs> did not make money on it. You know what I'm saying? So uh, when it came to when it when it came to stuff like that. I would lose a lot. Uh Um, I still have clothes that I picked three and four years ago that have not sold and they don't sell. Some of it just don't, it it won't sell. So uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of losses that I take. There are small losses. Um, I'm sure the big wins make up for the small losses, Mm -hmm. but there's a lot of losses when it comes to buying something that you think may sell and it doesn't sell how do you keep getting up to the plate and swinging that bat again going through those losses when you when you when you you see those wins yeah some some of those wins are big you know you might buy something at a yard sell for two dollars and sell it for like 200 you're (laughs) like oh i can't believe i just sold that yeah you know it's it's honestly some of that stuff is pretty crazy Mm -hmm. and that keeps that kept me motivated some people would like they don't get motivated they might they might buy like a you know a just an old sports tee. If they just got into thrifting or like a Patagonia shirt that they found and mm-hmm. they try to sell it and it doesn't sell and they probably lower the price or somebody offered on eBay for half of what they wanted and they sold it. Mm-hmm. Even though they thought they made money, they probably didn't make a lot. But yeah, that was um those big wins make up for those losses and it kind of kept me motivated throughout yeah. the years. And then it just when you get more stuff, you kind of find more high dollar things and the stuff that you didn't think that were high dollar, you kind of know what to look for as far as like when you're out picking and Mm -hmm. at yard sales and on Facebook and just looking for just small little rabbit holes. You can crawl down and see what somebody has and they sell it to you. I got to ask, what is your biggest win or what biggest, what piece do you think you were like? Yeah. What sticks? Yeah. Uh, or maybe when you're most proud of it might have been honestly it might have been recently probably like three weeks ago i picked up a uh what is it a 1994 pink floyd uh division bell banty out of a goodwill wow you don't find banties very often in goodwill so this particular one that i picked there's like eBay sold listings at like two thirty. Wow! And I bought it for a dollar fifty. 
But I just traded it away last week. I traded for a really cool um, 1995 uh, Aliens T. Mm, okay. So I traded it away last week. So I I didn't get to sell it. It would have been cool if I did sell it, but I I probably didn't want to sell it. I probably would have just traded with somebody and get yeah. something else that I really want because I'm not really into like rock band. Yeah. But I know they're valuable. So I just picked it and tried to find something that I was a little bit more you know, familiar with. Nice. But that was probably, I don't know, that was, it's either that one, I picked a, probably like two or three years ago, I picked this like Tom and Jerry iceberg sweater out of a Salvation Army. Uh-huh. And it was like $4. Bro, anything else, Tom and Jerry, come my way. Yo. Like, just come yo. my way. <laughs> yeah. I saw just it. Come my way. I saw it and I was like, this has got to be worse. I had no clue what, I was like, it's Tom and Jerry. I'm, yes. I don't find Tom and Jerry at all. Ever. Ever. Yeah. And so I'm like, this is a nice sweatshirt. So I'm like, all right, it's $5. I'm going to just take the chance. If it's worth 30 bucks, okay. But I'll start looking. If it's worth look- $5, okay. Yeah, like- if it's worth $5, I'm like, <laughs> okay. Like, anything Tom and Jerry, I'm going to buy. Yeah, so I'm like looking on eBay, and I'm mm-hmm. like, no way. These shirts, it's like sold listings at like 200 Wow. Like 220 and I'm like, no Everybody way. Everybody loves Tom and Jerry. <laughs> I, but you know what the thing about that one is when it comes to flipping an item like that, you you sit on it for a while. Yeah. I, I think I had it for like mm-hmm. four or five months before it sold. Okay. So I had it for I had it for a good minute, but I was not in a rush to sell it be, only because yeah. I only had four seventy five into it. You're waiting for the right fish to come bite the hook. And that's something when it sells, it keeps you motivated. Yeah. Like so that one big win will make up for the three or four losses out of those <laughs> those shirts that you think may sell they yeah. don't sell mm-hmm. so you're just like uh all right that all right i'm still back motivated because mm-hmm. i might find that sweatshirt again someday yeah i haven't found it but <laughs> it's cool i don't know i hopefully i come up on it again yeah talk about chicago sneaker con man oh yeah we did just, yeah we just came back from uh <laughs> yeah. we just came back what was that last week i had a crazy haul i don't know if you've seen that picture the apple uh it was a bunch of like bootleg gucci mm-hmm Apple promo uh, sweatshirts. Um, we picked up a bunch of like little movie and TVTs yeah. that are pretty sought after. Yeah, this guy from LA was there and he <laughs> was like, yo, um, you are in a vintage. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm into vintage. He's like pulling out these bags and he has like just a ton of stuff. Wow. And I'm at SneakerCon, so I'm, I wasn't really, I wasn't really going for the vintage it's really going to get sneakers because we don't really get a lot of sneakers around here often that i can buy off of somebody yeah um because there's not a lot of boutiques around here so the trading aspect of like these yeezys and jordans aren't it's the market isn't really huge around here so i was going there for sneakers but this dude started pulling out bags and he's like telling me these prices and i'm like are you serious yeah i was like you know selling me some of this stuff for just like pennies on the dollar and he's like yeah bro like honestly in la because la thrift culture is mm, uh, it's yeah it's oh, it's uh, it's way different from here in the south yeah. like it's you know uh would you say they're kind of like on the forefront in the states it's <laughs> that and maybe like thailand yeah you know there's as there's some people i follow in thailand and the culture there is insane yeah i think i want to like my honeymoon yeah. <laughs> I've always we've already been talking about. It. I'm like, I think we want to go there because my girl, my uh, fiance, re- recently got into the uh, the, the vintage. vintage pieces. Yeah. And she's like seeing the beauty and like not buying something from the mall. Yeah, and she'll come to our store and find a piece, and she's very interested <laughs> in how this works. And she'll style it pretty cool. Like you know, she's wearing her own little 
her own pieces and what she likes. She likes nice. the Jesus pieces too. So she's like, whenever we get a Jesus piece, she wants to like buy it. I'm like, nah, these are for the customers. Like yeah. you can't buy this. Like, <laughs> yeah. Cause she don't understand. I was like, I don't get any value out of selling stuff to her. Cause I'm like, if I sell it to you, you like, you don't, all your friends are my friends. So it's like, you don't, we, you don't tell anybody else about it other than the people that already know about it. So yeah. if a random person comes and buys it, there's so much more content where they post it on their Instagram or if they're wearing it, somebody asks them about it's exposure. it. It's, it's so much more than, you know, that person. Cause they're going to, they're going to tell a lot of other people about Gosh. where they shop at. That's a beautiful balance because I yeah. mean, it's great to have that culture with all your friends, but at the same time you're operating a business. Yeah. And it's, I want them to be into it, but I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I want other people to get exposed to it because they already know what it is. You know, yeah. I've already explained. I already went down this rabbit hole of explaining like the value of vintage to them. Yeah. So Can- I'm I'm trying to like get into like, all right, you guys relax for a second. Let me let me let me build up the culture here first, and yeah. then once I got like. A steady culture, then we can like start hooking. I can yeah. start hooking people up, you know what I'm saying? But until then, I want really a lot of content as far as like posting on their social medias about the pieces or posting pictures and tagging yeah. us. And we're just like, you know, showing people that, yeah, people buy this stuff, yeah, you know, get it whether growing. you're not into it, there's a, there's a lot of people that are into it. So you, it might be worth looking into. Yeah. You know? So yeah, build so the, the other day about the podcast, you know, you have 99% of people who hate you, but that 1%, you still have millions of people who yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a good, love you. Yeah, that's a good like, statement. Dang, you know? Yeah. They yeah. so need that 1%. Exactly. So yeah. um, just, just pretty much pushing that, uh, pushing that culture a little bit and just. Well, get, let's, let's talk about the, the, the vintage culture really quick while we have a few minutes, okay. you know, let's, let's get into the, the deep end on that. Okay. Let's let's build that culture a little bit because I've kind of been watching from afar. Matter of fact, I got some I got some gifts for you. I told I have okay. some gifts for you. Oh yeah. <laughs> I have two pieces. Okay, so here we go. Because Ted does the news. He's not a for, uh, he's not a uh, what's the weather man meteorologist. Meteorologist. He's not a meteorologist, but it's something that he. Let me pull that tag off. That was back in the day. <laughs> yeah. Were you you're a meteorologist? I was. Really? <laughs> okay, well this it'll work out then. So, um the first piece that I have is these are very hard to come about is a 1989 Hurricane Hugo. What? Uh survivor piece. <laughs> Yo, what? so okay. I was like, he'll probably be interested in. So I had this is the first one. I'll let you hold it. So that's got to be like thirty years old at least. Yes, it's nineteen eighty nine. Here's the date at the bottom, yeah. September twenty second, nineteen eighty nine. So that's the first one. I'll let you see that. One. I'll let you hold on to it. Um, I love that piece so much, man. I, like the the cracking on it. Yeah, it almost looked like it was made to be like that, but it's not. Okay, you know, so it was probably like a really tip. nice print on it. Yeah, exactly. From it being so old. Um, so I have that one and then I also have this one. So I actually have a pretty solid collection of the, uh, 96 Olympics, uh, pieces. Really? Cause I'm from Atlanta. So I've, I'm pretty like invested into the, the Olympic stuff just because I have Centennial Park downtown, which I've been to yeah. a million times. So just digging these pieces back up and deep diving into the overall, the the items that were coming out back then and just trying to find all the cool looking ones and just yeah. find real nice uh 96 pieces so yeah i just wanted to get that one to you just because i don't know oh, it's man. the olympics everybody likes the olympics everybody you know? loves so, the olympics um uh, there's a cool little little starter kit for your vintage collection whether you <laughs> wear it around the house or gift it to somebody else it's, it's whatever so uh i figure you would uh 
well, find some uh find some some uh some light in those pieces. Yeah, well, I love the hurricane. Well, I love. We had a, another hurricane uh survivor piece. Yeah. We sold it because it was worth a good amount of money. Um, but yeah, I had that piece. We I actually been sitting on that for a while, so I was like, you know what, that might <laughs> tie in well with his uh overall like aspect of him on the tv every day talking about everything so man thank you yeah for sure i'll tell you what it's it's almost like the clothing has history to it you know there's more of a meaning behind it and there's there's more of um a story behind the clothing it does you know and that's that's a great great thing to have a piece of when most people i mean i'll be honest before i came here i opened up my closet and i was like okay which color you know what do i want to wear and there's no personal connection to it exactly and and i think this kind of a lot of people would say fashion and style it's a way of expressing yourself yeah and i think with the vintage pieces when you have some of the historic pieces things that i mean not only did I have a background as a meteorologist and now being in the news, Hurricane Hugo, we cover it every single year. <laughs> so it makes it even better. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. I was like, I hope he can like connect with this piece well. Cause I, I feel can. Like, I was like, I feel like he can because he's like, I didn't know you were a meteorologist. So I was like, he's a news anchor, but he's probably tied in closely with meteorologists. So yeah. he'll have something like <laughs> some like good conversation as far as like having the piece and stuff like that. And I've also co- covered a, a number of hurricanes on Myrtle Beach when I first got here. That's I'd so cover cool. hurricanes on Myrtle Beach. Now, would I wear these, because I'm imagining wearing them with some maybe like bleach blue, blue jeans. Yeah. Maybe some Jordan 1s. Yeah. 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 For sure. <laughs> I mean, honestly, the piece is, it speaks for itself. You honestly don't even have to match well with it. Like, it's just like, the shirt is the, what I want you to see. So, yeah, I don't know that. I mean, however you style it, I don't, I don't care however you style it. People, people find their own light. Yeah, and whatever piece they have, but uh, and if you don't mind, I'd love to forward gift this piece to the executive producer Andre Settles the Olympics piece because he's from Atlanta. Easy, and I know easy. this would have a, a, Atlanta some, <laughs> some sentimental yeah. value. Oh yes, we're getting BTS, but I'm perfect. like, I'm over here like jumping up and down. Like, you got an Olympics? Yes, perfect. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I saw I'm the waiting thing. on them to come back. Exactly. Like, yeah, I wasn't old enough to get one. Then. No, yeah. man. And there's so For many. Real, there's so many different styles and colors. Yeah. And, I mean, it's just cool. Like, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I have, I have like probably seven solid pieces that I don't mm-hmm. see very often. Mm-hmm. I see these. It's like I say, I see it often, but mm-hmm. like you don't see them yeah. often. You know, it's still, it's still mm-hmm. a twenty-year-old t-shirt. Yeah, you know, yeah. so it's and not. You don't like, see it. The the whole. I've just been like sitting back thinking, but the whole like concept of vintage, mm-hmm. it brings us back to simpler times. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. uh, where like everything we, everything that we get that is vintage has a story with it yeah and that story is typically sometime where it was the rainbow of our of our of our kind of yeah younger childhood like there yeah. wasn't really much stuff for us to worry about exactly. and it brings you back and kind of like calms you unplugs you a little bit it's exactly. funny you said that because i think mm-hmm. that's what i loved so much about the master roshi baby goku hat oh, he's up there yeah. Cl- yeah. grabbing a pineapple mm-hmm. yeah. it resonated with me because as a kid i would watch dragon ball and yeah. dragon ball z and there was no worries mm-hmm. in the world and that t-shirt just brought me back to a place of comfort and joy mm. and happiness. And that's just the experience. Like when somebody comes into our shop and mm-hmm. they don't necessarily understand the vintage and I'm like, hey, what do you like? Yeah. I was I was close to sending you a message. I'm like, you have any like favorite sports teams? Yeah. Or yeah. do you have like a favorite mm-hmm. uh TV show? Yeah. Or there's so many different things uh that we can that we can deep dive into. Yeah. And so the first thing is just to find what you like or what would be like 
complementary to your style. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So me, I like the Atlanta Olympics pieces. I like the vintage Jesus tees. So that's literally what I'm looking for to buy from my yeah. self, you know, unless it's not my size and then it'll get passed down through my shop. But I'm still like, you know, I always tell people if you you're trying to find more in life, start collecting something. Yeah. It's a hobby. You know, it's something to do. It's something that you can constantly be doing. Yeah. Whether you want to deep dive and spend two hundred dollars on shoes or two hundred dollars on a t shirt, because I've seen people do it, and it's just that's what they like. And yeah. you know, they they may like uh, like we got a jackass the jackass movie tee, <laughs> like Johnny Knoxville <laughs> yeah. jackass movie tee. So yeah. a lot of people when I posted it, they're like, "Oh no way!" Like that's a crazy movie. Like Johnny Knoxville and Steve O, they're all crazy. Yeah. And, <laughs> they just connect it with the piece whether they buy it or not. You know, this is an expensive T-shirt. It's $80. Yeah. It's, that's not cheap for a T-shirt. You can go buy a T-shirt for $10 anywhere else. But will they don't they make con- those anymore. Will they connect with that piece? Of, yeah. You know, will they connect with that $10 T-shirt? Or yeah. is it just going to become trash in a month? Mm-hmm. You're never going to throw that $80 T-shirt away that you bought mm-hmm. because you know the value of it. Yeah. You know, so that's what I'm trying to get people to understand. Like, hey, yeah, you can go buy a shirt from PacSun. Fine. Is that shirt going to have any value 10 years from now? 99% of the time, no, it mm-hmm. won't. So when it comes to, like I said, every everything that you buy out of our store is an investment. Yeah. So whether you sell it or whether you keep it, it's going to be worth whatever you bought it for. For 99% of the time, it's going to be worth what you bought it for. Nice. Um, so that's just the... Uh, that's the overall like experience I want people to understand whenever they come in and shop and find something like very cool. Yeah. And that's something's like trying to get them to connect with something because they're like, I don't understand the vintage. And I'm like, you got to know what you like. Yeah. What do you connect well with? You, do you want to go back to your childhood or do you like the Steelers? Yeah. Do you like the the Braves? We have, you know, we have all little, we have little sorts of everything. Or you like Looney Tunes or cartoon <laughs> stuff or Space Jam. and. I'll- I'll say right now, if you ever get your hands on a teal and orange reversible late 90s starter jacket, Miami Dolphins, you call me. Oh, yes, yes. And we have, see, we have, we have some like starter, uh, we have like some big puffer starter jackets, Mm -hmm. you know, the old, like, Mm -hmm. we have like Charlotte Hornets, we got Chicago Bulls, like all these, oh, I have pictures when I was like seven, eight years old in these jackets. So it's just so, it's so cool that this aspect of fashion is starting to get a rebirth and Mm -hmm. people are really investing that amount of money into Mm -hmm. some of these pieces Mm -hmm. because i see it all the time you know i i'm a i'm a thrifter at heart so i don't i don't pay a lot of money if Mm -hmm. i don't find it it's i'm like hey it's just not meant to be Mm -hmm. yeah but there are some items i've had i have dropped a good amount of money on like I would say like the most I've ever spent on a personal piece is a hundred dollars. That's a lot of money for most people, especially for a t-shirt. Yeah. So when it comes to, I see some people coming in all the time and just, they're just looking on our wall and they're like, yeah, I want that piece. And it's $200. And I'm just like, you sure? And they're like, yeah, yeah, I like it. And I'm like, all right, this is a done deal. You know what I'm saying? And it's at the, and at the end of the day, I'm just like, dang, that's, people really connected like that it's kind of cool to see that they really had that deep of a passion for that one thing yeah to where they would spend two hundred dollars on a (laughs) t-shirt and it's so honestly it's so cool to see every day we don't get that every day but it's we we get uh we get a lot of people buying shoes but when people come in and buy like a a really expensive piece it's really cool to watch them like Mm -hmm. that joy that Mm -hmm. they have like how happy they are to 
get that piece and it fits. And yeah. they're like, wow, I can't believe you have this. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm glad that you found this place to buy it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So just giving them that experience of, you know, of happiness of where, wherever they experienced the happiness before, whether they like the piece. Yeah. Sends them back. Yes. And I mean, I'm exactly. sure it, it serves a connection for a lot of people. Cause even with sports memorabilia, things like that, to Andre's point, mm-hmm. you know, the, the people who feel the connection to it, they're probably at the age now where they have money yeah. to purchase it either for themselves or even their parents, yeah, you know, yeah. like it, Cubs as a kid, I know my dad, he used to take my, my cousins, to Cubs games. Oh, yeah. And, you know, imagine now they're at the age where they could afford something if they see vintage Cubs yeah. and they want to buy it because, mm-hmm. you know, they, to them, it's their childhood sitting on the bleacher seats exactly. watching the game. You know, you suddenly you smell the popcorn, you taste the hot dog, and you get that little red stain on your shirt. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, and when it comes to stuff like that, it, there's there's always affordability when it comes to certain things that mm-hmm. you may like. So, you know, they're like as a Cubs fan, you know, we have a, 1994 like i don't know if it's 94 or whenever they went to the world series it's like Mm -hmm. a whole like world series Mm t-shirt and they're like oh wow i can't believe you have this and i'm like i'm glad see (laughs) now we're you see now we're we're eye level right Mm -hmm. now so now i understand you don't you don't you didn't necessarily understand what it was but now you understand now we're like eye level with this whole vintage thing and you understand that you can't get this at walmart yeah you can't get this at the mall Mm -hmm. you can't get it anywhere (laughs) except for right now Mm -hmm. for twenty dollars you can take it home and you have Mm -hmm. a piece of history to your point i think it's they have to see what they like exactly because the dragon ball z shirt doesn't do anything for them but that World Series Cubs shirt takes exactly. them back. So they have exactly. to see what they like in order to see the value in it. That's well, what Lizzie, I always like, tell I people. I know for a fact if you had a Lizzie McGuire or anything, oh. like my girl would be like, it's crazy. why haven't you bought that from me? Yeah. Like, it's crazy. It's yeah. crazy. You know what I'm saying? It's like, so crazy. She's like, I don't well, You know I love Lizzie. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, why did you not let me know? We could have yeah. laugh on it. Like, yeah. for real, it's so crazy. You know I mean? It's just a matter of what that person, like mine is literally Tom and Jerry. That just brings me back to me and my brother simpler mm-hmm. times. Like chilling, cartoon, yeah, yeah cartoon. You know, <laughs> no, no talking, straight action. Yeah. True. Well, Monster Mosley, Ryan, where can folks connect with you? Reach out to you, find your store. I know you got the YouTube channel as well, because I'd I'd love for people to get that vintage bug and and reach out to you and see what you have on on the shelves. For sure. Um, my personal Instagram is Monster Mosley. You can um, I'm sure he'll be posting it on your yeah. story or whatever. Uh, Monster Mosley, and for the all, anything vintage, if you're kind of interested in this whole, I don't even know what you call it, just deep dive of investments mm-hmm. and connectivity with some of these pieces. Uh, Varsity Goods Greenville would be your first starting point. And we have a Varsity Goods archive page where we pretty much highlight vintage pieces. I give my opinion on it. Nice. And just so people can understand why, you know, just so they can see some passion and uh, just some empathy. Yeah. And just so they can understand why I would like this piece or what makes this piece worth that much or, you know, just so they they can follow that page and we can get into stuff like that. So, And I think our YouTube is Varsity Goods Greenville. But that's all connected to our Instagrams and Twitters and pretty much Varsity Goods Greenville anywhere. That's all the it's pretty much all the same. So yeah. Any platform, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, 
Uh, Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's all. It's pretty much all varsity stuff there. So, um, all right. Yeah, they can connect with me there. And I'll have all those linked up in the show notes and everything for everybody to reach out to you. Man, thank you so much for, for the sure. for the time this afternoon. Thank you for the pieces. Oh yeah. The knowledge and the passion. And I'm, I'm glad you call them pieces. Yeah. I want you to understand they're not clothes. They're pieces. Some, yeah. <laughs> some girl. All right. One quick. Some girl just posted on her Instagram. She's like a fashionista type of girl. So she's posting all these nice pictures, and she was like, her caption. She had this super dope, like Tony Stewart racing tee, like all over print, real nasty t shirt. I'm like, yeah. and she was like, Yeah, I don't cop clothes, I cop pieces. And I'm nice. like, Oh, that's so, oh, that's so hard. So I'm like, Yeah, I want people to understand that these are individual pieces. They're not, they're not just regular clothes. They're, they're, you know, there's, there's history behind a lot of these pieces. And, you know, yeah, it get, says something. Get into it, learn about it, you know, <laughs> I'm learn excited. about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, man, thank you. And to the listeners, thank you for, for rocking with us through this episode. Uh, I think th- one of the biggest things you hit on is taking that passion, scaling it and turning yeah. it into the business. I think I could tell you're very hyper aware of not just your passion, but you're, you're aware of where the passion stops and yeah. the business begins, True. which is, which is huge for anybody listening to kind of know the difference between the two. And, uh, as we always say at the end of the episode, everybody wants the sunshine, but they don't want the rain, but you can't get the pleasure without a little pain. That's true. Let's grow. Facts. The No Rain, No Rainbows podcast is recorded at Camaraderie, a collective workspace in Greenville, South Carolina, right off the Swamp Rabbit Trail. If you're looking for a place to grow your business, network with other professionals, and establish your own workspace, Camaraderie is the place to do so. Get access to high-speed internet, private showers and towel service, free methodical coffee, and free beer on tap. For more details, be sure to head over to camaraderiecowork.com or hit the link in the show notes and find out how you can lock in your space with rates starting at just $99 a month. Be sure to tell them that Ted sent you and try it out for free. You never know, you just might find a new home at Camaraderie. Let's grow.